November 10th, I was asking God, God, Walt, uh, uh, tape wasn't on, it's September 10th, I was asking God, God, Walt, um, personally, what's God mean to him? I'm sorry. I've already forgotten what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> um, you, you said you were going to talk about, you're going to say what uh, what God's not. Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's probably a little redundant. I don't know. You have to stop me if I've said some things before. Yeah. Uh, I guess, I guess the shit started hitting the fan for me uh, in the war. I mean, prior to that, there's no question. I was, I was prior to that. Even though I was very young, I was like uh, the whole world. And as I said last time, up until that time, a little earlier for some older people, I'm sure, but a sacred was a god, whether you're a Buddhist, Muslim, or Christian, uh, there was no questions of a god. Uh, that was rare, it was almost unheard of, it was just totally accepted and no questions. Now, when now, when uh, uh, you're suddenly thrown all over the world and you see, begin to see uh, what has been done in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, uh, it's pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, with seeing a lot of a lot of decapitation and stuff, on the one hand. And on the other hand, we had a chaplain, but he wasn't a Lutheran Missouri Synod pastor. And of course, I couldn't take communion. Uh, I kept shaking my head, what the hell is this? You know, uh, so I renewed my efforts to find a Lutheran Missouri Synod chaplain, which I finally Finally, find two, found two years later uh, on the docks in Naples <laughs> on, a, on a ship that was now a dock that had been bombed and on, it was on its side. That was the dock. Huh. Um, uh, but then I had been at the same time always surrounded when I was in Weymouth, England, and Plymouth, England. Uh, all of a sudden, I was accosted by a lot of, uh, in England, by a lot of uh, Pentecostals. They grab us when we came ashore and stuff. They do it today. And they do it today. And I had it, I had it with my outfit a little. And uh, it just didn't ring. Uh, it rang for a moment, because I know, see, I, 
that has to be put in position with there's no question of God, okay? Uh-huh. And here's really super Christians, you know. I mean, I can't question them. Uh, you know, uh, no dancing, no smoke, whatever, whatever. But that doesn't necessarily, well, anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a young turd out there, you know, and, and, uh, in terms of no, 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 mom's big, my mother's big no tattooed on my forehead was not unrelated to the morality that was called in the name of the church. Um, so all these things came together for me and were very confusing, uh, extremely confusing. Uh, is this what it's about, you know? Uh, killing a Muslim for Christ on the one hand and 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 uh, walking the straight and narrow, meaning you don't have any fun, <laughs> etc. I'm trying to say big words. But, Did that um, mean no drinking? Everything. Really? No at drinking? At that time, yeah. Well, it was a fundamentalist that, 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 that no, you were costed with. And for me, for me, uh, it probably meant you're bad. In the sight of God, I don't know. I just uh, it certainly meant no sex, mm-hmm. without a question. And uh, I was always on a guilt trip there, just in lust in my heart. Uh, <laughs> um, so all these things were pushed to the forefront with war, you know, death. But that's crazy. Uh, and the possibilities for you. Yeah. I mean, it was all available. All, all available. There was no relative, no pastor, no parents looking over my shoulder. Nobody would know. You were anonymous, that's right. I was anonymous. Uh, and everybody else was doing it. And everybody, especially my best friend, who made out with every ethnic group the world has ever known. Who's that? Jerry Norris, who calls me about once a year. Are you going to the reunion? No, I heard his name, yeah. He's in California or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't think he could possibly ever be a grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though he made a good start in the war <laughs> to get him. I mean, he had a lot of kids, but I didn't think it would be his. He did claim them. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we always parted company after we hit the beach, uh, and he'd go his way and then tell me all about it when he came home at night, and I was uh, enthralled. That was my excitement to hear his stories. <laughs> did he uh, respect your decision, or did he encourage you to come with him? Or He quietly, more than quietly, on a couple occasions, obviously, he was he respected it by when we had lonely periods together, and there were a lot of times like that in the service. He would ask me God questions. He, he was a Jew. And that came from behavior, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, you know. That, the behavior had to be motivated by your religion. Yeah, I mean, whatever Wall is, he's, he does what he says, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, so, um, and I could bond with him a thousand times easier than I could bond with good Christians in the group who were always wanting to have uh, a prayer meeting or this or that and so forth. It's, I, I, I felt guilty for feeling uncomfortable about it, but I never felt comfortable about it. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of that, a lot of that. And I uh, sort of broke through it all when I was in shock, and I've said this before, uh, and came out of shock uh, walking the hills of Scotland. And I, I was mulling all this over in my mind, and what the hell am I a Christian for, you know? And uh, I'd memorized Bible verses galore. I'd missed a year of football because of confirmation classes and everything. And uh, so I, I finally... Did you question your faith then? Oh, yeah. And so I finally made a decision, sort of, I don't like this sudden decision time. Yeah. Um, that I can't kid myself and say that I'm not a Christian anymore, you know. Uh, and um, it's like saying I'm not Walt Reiner anymore and changed my name, you know. And that's, that went into my head, those two. Uh, and... Um, who are you kidding? You're still Reiner, whether you change the Smith or not, you know. And um, so, what what uh, sort of came up with is that these memorized Bible verses. From now on, I'm gonna stare straight in the face. If they don't hold up, then it's then then there's no problem. I'm they don't hold up. It doesn't. It's not it anymore. You know. And um, so I've, I've taken that rather seriously since then. Seems strange to me to come to that kind of decision. Why? I mean, I guess my, uh, you know, I mean, partly just around my own experience is that. Mm -hmm. When they didn't, when they didn't seem to hold up, I just rejected them. Yeah, well, that's, that was the temptation for me. But for some reason, uh, uh, I went into this changing my name kind of thought pattern. Uh, why not just change your name? Uh, and how do I wipe out? How do I wipe out parents who've been? Lutheran Christians all their lives and their parents have been Lutheran Christians all their life. I've been a Lutheran Christian all my life. I gave up a year of football to study Bible verses and confirmation. I've gone to church or Sunday school every Sunday all my life. How did I, how did I suddenly say I'm, that's gone? He was giving up too much. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, I, it had to be something stronger than my confusion to stop sure. it. Sure. And that's what I came to. The, the If these Bible verses that I memorize would, in my mind, and mine meant a lot to me, 
You love the Lord with all your heart and mind, which I think is gone in the church today. <laughs> it said mind, okay? Uh, thinking. In my confusion and thinking, uh, it, uh, uh, my confusion and doubting was not enough to say the hell with it all. I just was not strong enough. Now, if, if Bible verses, uh, if, if, uh, the Bible says quick words now, small is beautiful. Now, if, if I understand that big is beautiful and small is ugly, then I have no problem. I'm not a Christian. It's bullshit. Now, I had a problem right away. In the world, big is beautiful. And, um, but, I can't even remember all the things that went in there, but in my head. But um, I, I did know that as I thought in little things in my life, it was the little things that were really beautiful. It was the little relationships that were beautiful. It wasn't the numbers and the masses. And I, I can't remember my thought, uh, incidents. But um, I did know that the uh, the world says big is beautiful. Uh, numbers are where it's at. The war said that. <laughs> but I also knew that even more important, even in the war, was uh, the small encounters, etc. And some heavy things there between people. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I always was thinking, I mean, hell, I had nothing else to do between <laughs> invasions, and, uh, and I couldn't go fucking around. <laughs> so I would walk, nobody's ever walked more lands than I have, <laughs> because I'd be alone. I can think of about four Christmas Eves where I must have walked a hundred miles, uh, and uh, I didn't belong anywhere. For example, uh, in foreign countries, what? Uh, I mean, it must have been. If you reach the conclusion you're gonna, you know, make the word stand on its own. I mean, it had to be. You had to believe it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are Bible verses that you know you had to have rejected. I mean, that don't make sense. I didn't encounter him. No, no. I didn't go, incidentally, both biblically and in, uh, and sociologically, I made, I made a, I'm, I'm not looking for trouble, but I'm not going around it. I'm not escaping it. This is as much as I could possibly do. That, uh, I now know that we're in a world of in which compensation is probably the biggest word there is. We avoid conflict in our lives by going to Aspen, you know, uh, or something for a weekend. Uh, we escape wherever possible. We escape reality and, and stuff. Uh, and in a smaller way, I didn't think quite like that then, but in a smaller way I was. Because uh, I remember that I am not if something faces me, like what you just said, if there's a Bible verse that's what you just said, I ain't going around it. 
I'm not going to go looking for that Bible verse <laughs> theologically now. Mm-hmm. Instead of I'm not going to go looking for that Bible verse. But if one thrown thrown up in my face, I'm going to deal with it. And it's either going to stand up or it's not going to stand up. And uh, so far, they've always stood up. <laughs> Maybe a little rationalization. <laughs> I guess. I don't think so, but uh, who knows? Um, I suppose if you read it with a historical view in mind. That's one view. You have to have many views. No, I said, I said, you know. See, that's one in this dialectic, this dichotomy between the sociological and the theological. And this is very real for me. Um, what does the theological bring to the sociological? Literally, in Project Neighbors, anything. It brings a holistic way of looking things. Instead of always fracturing down to this particular study, it, it brings, I told you about Hector and vasectomies. And I, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, look at it holistically here, you know. Now the research might show, <laughs> well, uh, there's this family. <laughs> Makes you nervous. And uh, then you look at it. So it happened, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, you have to look at it holistically. That's what reality can do to sociology, which sociology doesn't know anything about. As a matter of fact, it tries to fracture the individual. That's where we saw that in this book and more and more. Everything today is about fracturing the individual. Your sex life is, is about gonads. And no, a human being is a sexual being. You can't separate, in truth, uh, this being, the sexual being, you can't measure him or her by their gonads, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or the pleasure principle or something. It's a hell of a lot more than that. Now, Kinsey doesn't know that. Kinsey... The whole Kinsey scene has done more to destroy the human being than anything I know of in the last hundred years. Uh, that approach to things, uh, narrowing everything down, huh? dividing and measuring. Dividing and measuring, exactly. Now, that's the contribution to. Now, sociology, the sociological, can do a lot for the church. <laughs> it can wake it up. It can. Uh, make it see where it stands in the world. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. Uh, hell, we're so of it, it isn't even funny, but we don't even know it. You know, if we really look at sociological as distinct separateness from, then the two are not the same. The theological and sociological are totally opposites. Uh, one breaks it down, the other one's holistic, for example. Uh, now, what the God in me, that I know does is say that uh, if you're in the world and not of it, and you're to be in the world, fully in the world, just don't be of it, um, that means you better know the world. And those two opposites must be in tension with each other. Uh, that's what I was going to say way back to churches. Churches are either 
I'm babbling too much here, maybe, but churches are either we got to get ourselves together. The church is shrinking. We're losing young adults. My God, we got to get ourselves together. I went through that. That's why I had a heresy trial. Um, uh, we got to be strong again. Okay? Or they totally marry the political, a la the Christian right, or liberation theology, which I don't buy. Um, theology is extremely liberating for me, but liberation theology I'm talking about is identity, period, with the poor, uh, is, which is faddish conformism to me. Um, and and uh, no. So that's the two options we're given in the church today. Either we got to strengthen ourselves or we go ape shit on the political. Uh, neither one is an option. Tension, tension between these two opposites, and opposites are as important for me as a battery in a car. Uh, without a negative and a positive, you ain't got shit. <laughs> uh, and, uh, That's very Hegelian of you. All right. I'm just. But I've said a million times, and it means so much to me, because uh, I've. I've had to be. I've been tempted to go one way or the other a million times, and uh, and uh, and a million times I said the formula is A here and B here. A is not B and B is not A. They're opposites. They come together in tension, equilibrium, and. Uh, and what comes out in dialectics is not a big A, not a bigger B, not an AB or BA. What comes out is C. And uh, that that's so meaningful to me that it's funny. Uh, that, um, now, there's some folks, you know, who, who is the crazy woman that came to our meeting that time? Yeah. Now, uh, if there is no dialectics, if you can sense there's no respect either way, from me to them, or them to me, or whatever, if there's no respect for difference, then there's no discussion. Then there's no dialectics of any kind. And um, and so I made a quick judgment. We always make value judgments. In my mind, you know, sure. who needs this shit? You know. Uh, uh, on the other hand, I have no problem with uh, right wingers and so forth who who can respect difference. You know, uh, no, well, I'm sorry, I'm on a different boat than you are. You know, mm -hmm. fine, I have no problem with that. Now let's talk about this. You know, let's talk about welfare reform. Well, I believe they got to work. Okay, well, uh, I got a book for you to read. <laughs> what kind of work do you want them to do? Now, excuse me. The other, when we were with your parents, 
and we were talking about welfare reform and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, now I'm giving you my perspective, which is jaded. Um, I chose, instead of laying out a trip like I'm doing now, that takes time, I chose to, when your dad said, we need to do this, we need yeah. to do this, I chose to ask him questions. Sure. Uh, will it ha stand up to this? You know? And then you come along and say, you always give asking questions, which I'm not always doing. I should do more. And, uh, and, uh, what do you say? You know, and uh, here I had chosen to see if I can let him stand tall with his reform, you know. <laughs> the, what I'm leading to say on this is what we're talking about here is not desired. Nobody wants to. Why really don't want to talk about this too much? That's that's my guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, because anything else has answers. This doesn't have any answers. Unless he's fooling me. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. I just got it yesterday. Pick it up because I. All right, a good title. Um. What is it? One other thing, Patty comes in and hears one sentence or two and can't take it and walks out, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but that's, I'm that's, sitting here, can't ask questions, give me your answers, I have none, and Patty's leaving. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, I'm sure. No, I, I, I was, uh, uh, I was responding just, I mean, yeah, that's what I thought at the time. And, that's fine. And 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 uh, I thought it was a fine discussion. I just wanted, you know, instead of I wanted to reframe it a little bit. Yeah. And he was going, Patty's your daughter. And, and my dad and I talked about it later, not in yeah. front of her, but it was like, it's like, you know, sometimes when you get on your, what she sees as your high horse or your kick is, it just pisses her off because she, you know, it's like, you know, quit preaching at people, quit doing, you know, quit, you know, this. And my dad was having, my dad loves a good argument. Yeah. And he was having a perfectly delightful time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just says, you know, it's just, she's his daughter, you know, and it's just something. Well, I didn't mind both of you and so forth, but I mean, you add them all up and, and what, well, you know, what have I got to say here? I mean, maybe nothing. <laughs> it looks like it, there's nothing. So I changed the subject. Well, no, that was an interesting scene for me uh, to think about. It really was. Um, well, I, th I think I was... Uh, this is serious matter work. This, thing. this is serious. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Probably absolutely. the most serious thing we got. Absolutely. Well... Let me just go one, back one step for what is, you know, in an everyday way, I mean, do you talk with God? Do you pray? Do you, uh, is that something that's in your life, really? Or is it something, I don't know, I just leave that. Well, um, it's a good question. Um, I would say, Since World War II, uh, 
it's always there. Uh, in no way could I give a testimony at Greg's church. I don't like in, even in the family or anybody to be asked to, to, to give a prayer. I mean, the Carls can give them the two seconds and beautiful ones and so forth, or the rats or the lever. I can't do that. I just can't do that. Um, my, uh, my conversation with God is, is uh, I, I come sit down from taking communion, say at the chapel, and I sit there and everybody's put their head down. And uh, I just say, wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on here, but look at, look at the. Look at what everybody's doing here. We're all here. It's a while. You know, why are we all here? <laughs> uh, and, and I've been kind of corny, but look at what this death on a cross by a 30 year old. Then uh, anybody in the world doesn't know about it. In the whole world. Since. Uh, or fought over, killed over, God knows what over. Uh, I keep saying, holy shit, wow. <laughs> so my prayers are kind of funny. Um, and I never ask specifically. It's rare that I do. Uh, uh, every night when I go to bed, I, I get... I know I'm not going to fall asleep in the first 10 minutes, so I, I throw godly things in my head. And, and, um, and um, I, I'd say, I don't know where in the shit this is going. Um, and I ask to whatever. Uh, help me be a servant to whatever happens, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, it's very crude. Um, it, it's a discussion that happens in your head. Is it yeah. something to react to? I mean, it's a. I mean, you, you use the image of you know, your hand behind your head. Of, you know, it's always been there. Um, and, and I guess that I can understand. I don't even use the word God very much. I believe there's a reason for no name, Yahweh, meaning no, you can't name God. I think the Jews had something. Um, I'll tell you, the only person I've ever heard say a, a prayer aloud <clears throat> that sounded to me like they were actually having a conversation with somebody, with mm -hmm. some entity, is Don Evans. Mm -hmm. And it was like he was sitting down, talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. And I only heard him do it once, but, you know, he was asked to pray or something. He just did it in the most natural way, and I thought, jeez, <laughs> I wonder if he actually has his, I mean, if, you know, I hear people talking about praying all the time. And I, you know, I mean, and I don't mean the, the kind of, uh, you know, kid's prayer which is wrote and doesn't mean anything, or or the kind of, uh, gee, if you let me get out of this one, I'll really change my life next time. Desperation prayer, you know, that 
I think everybody, you know, even if they don't believe, will make it. And I don't think there's a bad um, in their life. Well, I've I've made those kind of prayers, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's a deal with myself or a deal with something else. Um, but it's both at the same time. I imagine. I mean, but uh, uh, I am real. I'm honestly curious. Uh, I mean, I'm you know I don't ask because of, you know I mean I don't think people are very truthful about their prayers or about their relationship with God. I think that we are told in church what it ought to be. Sometimes who, as far as I know, must pray several hours a day. Um, and and she's a sincere person and I'm sure that she, you know, but, but I'm not sure what it is or, or how real you know, what's going on there. Well, I, I, I a comment here. Um, um, they're probably real and everything else. Um, the ingredient that's missing is, uh, I don't believe, for the most part, people know what we're up against. And it's just like that Russian woman could see. Do you realize you're being passive here? You're at the beach the dunes they don't know what they don't know what's being done to them by these 20 year old assholes you know uh, they don't know what they're up against in terms of their own individuality and so forth uh, uh, this thing here in the work do people know I mean here they spend their lives getting their PhD, they ruin their families and everything else, doing their research and God knows what, um, uh, in the work. Uh, um, work has been a sacred for us. It's been an absolute idlenesses of the devil, etc., etc., etc. Now that's going. This will be more and more of these books, but in the framework of today, we're still talking about a sacred. The answer to the welfare problem is make them work. Even if there's no work, no pay out there, it's make them work. It's a sacred. Republicans, Democrats, neither one question it. They should question it. It's bullshit. If they read this, it's bullshit. Both of them are bullshit. Uh, they come out a little differently, but I, I've been saying that ever since, you know, I mean, uh, it's a sacred. What do you, what does it mean to be up against the sacred? The Bible talks all the time about powers and dominions. It's, the word is stoikia in Greek. Uh, we're up against spiritual forces. Not to walk, Patty, you, everything that morning and everything else. I'm being corny here to make a point. Uh, uh, we don't really want to talk about this. We're, we're, and uh, the God is dead thing a few years back, or Marx saying it's opium of the people. The only answer is to shoot Marx. Instead, all he's doing is reflecting what he's seeing, you know, 
and writing about what's happening. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I guess that's, that's, you know, that's true. I mean, when you say God is dead, I guess that's really, I mean, that's really kind of my, my point or my question is that I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm telling you honestly, the only person I ever, that, that, that I ever saw that it seemed to me like God was alive for is Don Evans. And I don't know why that is. It was just the way he was talking. You know what I mean? And 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 he was in a comfortable setting. I don't remember exactly what it was with friends. It was not challenging or threatening to him. And it seemed like this is the way Don talks to God, which was very unusual. Um, and I just wonder if yeah. You know, I mean, that's a re- one of the reasons for my question is that you know my I don't have any, I sit, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a conversation in my mind about, a, you know, with a concept of what is good and right or whatever, and I don't have a name for it. Uh, I don't, it doesn't well, have to be the creator to me, but, uh, you know, it's, but it's not more than thought. See, I think I think there are a lot of people that have no problem in talking with God. Okay, um, but what I have on my shoulders, what's been revealed to me, mm-hmm. is that the faith is about the individual and the collective, not one or the other. It's about both. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I was trying to say is that. Uh, I, I can find a, a lot of folks that I'm amazed how comfortable they are in saying a prayer and so forth, okay, which I can't do uh, out loud. Um, but that's, that, that's for the collective. Whenever you say a prayer out loud, it's for the collective, and it's it's a it's it's part of a ritual. It's part of you know. I mean, I, I'm always amazed to hear Gus, uh, whatever his name is, pray at these. Open the, they're always eloquent. They're always, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that collective is not the collective I'm talking about. I, I the collective I'm talking about is the world. Uh, okay. Church in the world. Uh, well, that's, that's uh, too big. To... And, and uh, when I see in Emmanuel uh, uh, a total conformity as a collective to the world, total conformity, um, a parochial school that is about being number one and uh, getting rid of slow learners so they can be number one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Prove their numbers by dumping kids. Yeah, out. yeah. yeah. Uh, they're totally, and no effort to even consider uh, something different. Uh, that's conformity. And, and, and um, that's not, that's the individual, if you will, you know. As opposed to the collective of the world. Um, now, I, it's not my business to judge, except I. My, it's my business to, and it's it's hairy and scary, to to bring an awareness to brothers and sisters. Um, that's conformity, you know. <laughs> That's not easy to do because you get chopped there as fast as you would be in a Marxist cell group. Uh, <laughs> raise a question. You follow me? Mm-hmm. 
they're both conformity. I mean, they're both chop you. Um, and you have to be careful. Uh, but the church is called to be in the world and not of it. Fully in the world. But that, number one, means be not conformed in the world. That's what it says loud and clear. Uh, God, we're conformed. Mm -hmm. We're out world of the world. Uh, we're models of the world. Um, McDonald's can't wait to get uh, <clears throat> what's uh, what's uh, on Chicago. Oh, I don't know why I go blank. The big fundamentalist seminary there right in Chicago. Oh, yeah. They can't, they want those students to work at McDonald's part time. They're trustworthy, they're honest, they're not going to cheat, they won't even eat an extra hamburger. Um, um, as opposed to black kids who are never going to get a job anymore. You know, etc., etc., etc. What can I think of that name? Moody? Moody, yeah. Moody Bible Family. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that just pops in my mind, uh, but, um, no risk. The church takes fewer risks than anybody. In thy light you shall see light. Vapo U, Christian University. Faculty has a picnic a week ago. Beer is not allowed. Faculty picnic. Beer is not allowed. Not allowed? Not allowed. Where's the picnic? It's a, it's between our house and, and the home act building on the slope there. Um, any other university, they have faculty clubs where you can get booze, wine, anything else. Not at VU. You can't even have a picnic. And the fac new faculty club will not sell beer. Or one faculty club. Faculty club. I didn't think that was Lutheran. I thought that was just Baptist. Us Lutherans, see Lutheranism. Um, Luther said, "You're not saved by works, but by faith alone." So all those rules that the Catholics have went tumbling. No, you're free. In 20 years, we had more rules than the Catholics ever had. <laughs> For the simple reason, man always, going way back to our God talk last time, always knows the answer, always plays God. And, uh, and uh, we have to have, what does it mean to be a good Lutheran? We resacralize we desacralized the cross and the crown of the Catholics. Desacralized it. Very quickly, we got pulpits where the only pure word of God can come from a man 20 minutes a Sunday. It's literally, that's the only time the pure word can come. Um, to this day, in a, a layman can teach a Bible class, but only like an intern in, in a residency in a hospital, only under the pastor's stamp of approval and guidance. Uh, 
this is a modern church. This is Luther says it's by faith alone that a shoemaker in the sight of God is as much of a priest as any cardinal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand all the authority that's. Uh, we well, quickly recycle That's handed out to people who go to school and. It's called hypocrisy. I mean, they got they got two preachers over here at Trinity. Mm-hmm. One of whom I have a lot of respect for, Bob Smith, because mm-hmm. he uh, he doesn't pretend to have answers that he doesn't have, and he's very open about talking to people. And the other one has got you know God's word on his side every time, and is very judgmental. And I got no use for him, mm-hmm. none. You know, it's like. But see, know, the judgmental part is. Is contrary to the whole book, uh, the whole Bible. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, I could use all the words against him. It's just, but he'll have Bible verses all oh, why he's sure. judgmental. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, is, is it? You know, if if you don't let people know how you feel, then you're encouraging the. But he'll have world. the Bible verses justifying his position for two reasons: either from the new hermeneutics, which is a historical critical method of modern society. Or from a literal translation of the Bible. The book says, in both cases, that's not good theology. Good theology, the book is a whole book about a whole person. Both of them, one isolates to a certain time and place. Now, here's what they were really into those days, the historical method. And this is why he said this, and so forth, and so forth. And all of a sudden, we make that the new rule. As opposed to the whole Bible, what it's about. The fundamentalists do the same damn thing. It says here, you know, um, word for word, literally. Uh, both of them don't look at the word as a whole. Um, so I'm just saying a pastor can go either way and still be bullshit. Well, I guess I, you know, I feel like we kind of finished the discussion on God, but I'm not, it seems like you're not real comfortable talking about it. And I don't, I, 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 you know, I'm, Uh, my friend El Yule wrote a book I haven't read it a long time uh, Hope in the Time of Abandonment um, in which he discusses the silence of God and I'm not a biblicist at all I wish I were but I'm not um, but I do remember he mentions uh, yeah, some of them. Number two is do remember here, you know, in in the Psalms, God is silent. The psalmist to say, "Where now, fuck are you, Lord?" 
Where are you? Why are you silent? Elio makes the point that uh, God has been silent for since God is dead. God has been silent, um, and um, and when we deal with what's really happening today, all of this is one thing. There's others, the environment, a few other things. Really get into it. Not the EPA approach to the environment. What's happening to the individual work and so forth. Um, and when we look at what's happening, I'm making this tons in here. Um, we can see, sorry, Rifkin, it looks impossible. It's impossible to change. On the one hand, on the other hand, for those in the faith and who have a calling, there's no way we can accept a world in which the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. We can't accept that. Uh -huh. So on the one hand, it's impossible. On the other hand, we can't accept that. So you can't call me a fatalist or an optimist. Um, I'm a realist. Uh, I don't think we can... I don't see any possibility of of stop selling more and more plastic electric toothbrushes to every person in the world, even though that means the destruction of the individual, the environment, resources, God knows what else, okay, and jobs. Um, I don't see any possibility. I don't see it out there. Uh, We justify success at all costs, no matter whether it's criminal success or anything else, and money. I mean, it's the bottom line of everything. So there's nothing out there to see any chance. Our best friends are totally wrapped up into securities and security, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, I happen to know that we don't need to sell plastic electric toothbrushes uh, in order to survive in the world today. There has got to be another way to do it. That's a reality. Sure. I'm positive. Absolutely. Uh, now, <laughs> to bring those two together, I guess Marx would call that dialectics. <laughs> uh, if Marx were alive today, I believe with a passion, and so was my mentor, um, that he would replace money with technique and technology in his studies and his work. What do you mean? Money was to the system, capitalism, of his time, what technique and know-how is to the system today. Money's way down the pike. And... Um, If you got know-how, you got money. Yeah. If you got money and you don't have know-how, you ain't gonna have it long. Mm -hmm. That's kind of corny way to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can inherit all the money you want, but uh, you better buy know-how with it, or you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Or get it yourself. Mm -hmm. 
um, you can't be an idiot son, etc., etc. Where I'm getting at is that uh, for me, I can't, the strength to challenge this and where is this coming from? How come we've gone from work is everything to work is nothing? What's, what's caused that? Uh, uh, and and um, I could say that better, but not now. Uh, uh, I don't want to walk away from an argument and discussion on this subject ever. It, it's dynamite in terms of what it's done to people today. Uh, um, whether it's real life or a woman gets a job cooking at $6 an hour means she loses all her Medicare. He said that on welfare. the strength to go through that comes from comes from uh, 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 a, a source that has to transcend a global system. Now that wasn't always the case. We could say Buddhism, we could say Islam, we could say East, we could say West, we could say European, you know. Um, and that's where it's at. Or you could say Israel is where it's at, if you're a Jew. Not in the United States. Israel's where it's at. Uh, but if you were open, which most people are, and really look at things, you'll discover that Israel runs in Tel Aviv exactly like Washington, exactly like Moscow, and so Beijing. Beijing, with all the Mao history, runs like Washington. Um, a lot of residue from the past. We have a residue of no state. Germany has a residue of a lot of state, and so forth. But the bottom lines are the same. Uh, they both look number one to the board of trade <laughs> uh, and uh, to the banking industry. Uh, that's what dominates. Now, where was I going? I was trying to say something important. Um, I'm still on a thread from God is silent. Yeah. Oh, I, I know where I was going on that. Yeah. And so God has to be for me because if my mind is to be important as a human being and I I can't imagine anybody telling me differently okay I can't imagine my feelings as a human being being not important to me as a human being um, I also know the power of the spirit meaning um, my middle class way of life is more powerful than I want it to be. <laughs> I will be on time when I shouldn't be on time sometimes. I'll be party and fast. But, yeah. uh, it's, I am dominated by my history. I'm determined by my white, male, European background, Lutheran background, more than I want to be. But I'm 
part of that. It's part of me. It determines a lot of me. No, I can't chuck it away, but I can rise above it by recognizing it. Okay? Recognizing that I am not as free as I think I am <laughs> is the first step of freedom. Um, and very few of us recognize that, that we are determined. We make all these stereotyping judgments on people and we don't recognize, my God, don't you know you're, you're one of those? You know, <laughs> I can spot a German Lutheran, as I've always said, from Iowa, two blocks away, you know. And, um, they haven't said anything yet. Um, and, and until you recognize how we're determined by history, tradition, culture, we can't rise above it and respect tradition and history and culture and others included that are different than ours. We don't recognize that. We can't respect, uh, so in this, now we're in a global society, the decline of the global labor force. We're in a global society. Um, and uh, same bottom line everywhere. Of efficiency and all that goes with that. Same bottom line everywhere. Jew, I'm sorry, you can go to Israel all you want, but you will end up being disappointed today. You hang around. Uh, and my Jewish friends have come back and say the biggest disappointment is to not enjoy suddenly, suddenly not being an individual. Uh, over here, they were individuals. Over there, they're Jew, period. <laughs> and, um, over here, they're on the outside looking in. Over there, they're on the inside. Mm -hmm. And um, then in a global system, there has to be that strength, that source can't come from Zionism, can't come from Europeanism. It has to come from a transcendent creator. Uh, has to be a force, a source outside of the global system. Uh, outside of Michael Jordan and McDonald's and so forth, uh, outside, which transcends all cultures and wipes them out more every day. The dolls don't even want Spanish talk, um, yeah. uh, uh, which is insanity. Um, and the dolls, I might add, works overtly champion uh, Toffler. And, and, and progress and technology. They're champions of it. They even say it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, now, so that says to me, how can I know the train's moving? I gotta have a reference point that's different. Television's not different. I can't use that as a reference point to see if you don't have a reference point and your kids have fewer and fewer. You're not going to know the train's moving. You got to have a reference point that's different, um, and that reference point isn't even the church. 
because it's conforming like crazy. It's not Zionism. It's not Lutheranism. Uh, I look at Valparaiso University. It's no different than Western Illinois State University, you know. <laughs> the student union, everything. Um, what they consider important. Um, so there has, this source, this strength has to be a transcendent source. Now, there are a lot of transcendence, transcendent gods out there, all over the place. Allah, Buddha, Dionysius, Zeus, God knows what out there, ESP, all sorts of transcendent gods out there, including your transcendent self out there, ESP or whatever, I don't know all that shit. Nature ship. Um, we're going back to primitive religions like crazy of nature. Mysticism. Yes. Two hours of mysticism yesterday <laughs> in the parade called Shriners. That's all mysticism. Um, and the Moonies have the parades that they don't cover, the Moonies cover two hours of their floats and stuff. Um, now, my mind can't handle that. They don't deal with this problem, which is most serious. Uh, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. I don't care if you are in Iran or India or China, the poor are getting poor and the rich are getting poor and that's devastating. That's a crisis if we know anything about poverty. Uh, and so they don't deal with it. Uh, Yahweh is a transcendent creator who touches base with me and the man on the street. He came in the form of a baby, the incarnation, my guess is that's the only way we could possibly accept him. If he came in telling the truth as a 30-year-old, he'd been killed before he got off the, out of the crib. Um, even so, he was a threat. Um, and so all the babies two years old were killed at one time. Um, but a little baby is not a threat so much. Uh, but the incarnation, a man, man-god who walked the streets, we've heard this a million times, and who was fully a man, fully wanted to make out, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, uh, and said no. Mm -hmm. um, and told the truth. He was an excellent Jew, a rabbi, who all he did to get killed was say, the law is not absolute. That's what got him killed, because they had sacralized the law, the covenant. Mm -hmm. They made it sacred. You, you, you're going one step too far. 
Um, you're saying work's not a sacred. Forty, fifty years ago, that's really a no-no. <laughs> um, and uh, you're saying the pulpit's not sacred. I mean, here's this, here's the United States and the police married to the pastors, the whole country. They could stay at any motel free, any hotel free, anything. What, pastors? Yeah. They're all the same. Uh, the sacred clergy. Now it's the sacred cow, the sacred windows, the sacred narthex, the sacred chalice. I mean, in churches, people can't even walk up on the altar. You know. What is this shit? I don't know. Because when he died, all that, all those sacreds were destroyed. Uh, Got rebuilt pretty quick. Immediately, man rebuilds it. That's called the fall. That's called sin. Man quickly must be the creator. And um, it's a lot easier to live with rules than. Oh, give me fifty rules, you. I'll do anything. I mean, it's a lot easier to live with rules than the truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the whole thing. Now, where is the strength going to come for you to live with the truth instead of the rules? Is, is, is that, I'm just curious, I mean, is that the reason for, uh, you know, you're telling your football players, you know, what rules do you want? Did it come out of, uh, out of this kind of thought? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the reaction was unbelievable. I told you the reaction. Yeah, the director freaked it. out. Everybody freaked out. Top stars and football team freaked out. You know, and and uh, tell me the rules you want. Had nothing to do with whether they're going to smoke or screw or not, because they're going to do it either way. You know, or not do it either way. Or not do it either way. Only this way, they're paying the responsibility. I'm just going to play the guys that can play the best. That's all. I'm you surprised you remembered that one. Oh, that's no, a good I, one. That's a good one. I, I, no, I mean, you know, I've always kind of, I mean, part of the reason for for this, I mean, you know, part of the, what I want to understand is, you know, why you are the way you are and why you've done the things you've done. And, I mean, I've always been impressed by that story. Now, it's an impressive story if you come from a new left point of view or from, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to challenge authority, challenge authority yeah. and, and, and that kind of thing. And it, it was, <laughs> it was very creative and it was, uh, you know, I mean, it's a way, you know, and I, I think it's the kind of thing you've probably done in your teaching career a lot. Those kind of with grades I've done that. challenges that, that, you know, I mean, I see in a lot of the things you do is that. You know, you know, it says you don't. You're not going to walk around the Bible verse. You're going to walk up to it and face it, whatever it says. And uh, it's the same thing with the rules. It's like, well, if you're a football coach, the rules that you can't play because you drank last night doesn't make any sense. You know, Mickey Mantle was a great player, whether he drank or anything else. Great, great. <laughs> That's right. And and uh, you know, as a coach, you can just say, I'm going to play the coach rules. What rules do you want? You want these other rules? Make them up. You know, and it's 
pedagogically, it's great. You know, it makes them struggle with. I, the, I, I drove uh, our urban studies faculty crazy because I had full attendance at all my seminars every Tuesday and Thursday, whatever it was. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, things are lax there. You know, lax a lot of places. And, and they might have three people show up for a seminar. And so but I had full attendance. Now, we were forced to give grades about 15 years ago. I mean, it, yeah, about yeah. a third of the way into our urban state, we were forced now to give grades. And I also taught here afterwards. And I did the same thing. <laughs> I said, well, uh, I'm in the real world. And the real world says, I had to tell the students before I said, the real world says that pass and fail is, we'll give it to you. As a matter of fact, you can opt for pass and fail since the Korean, uh, the Kent State Affair. You can opt for pass fail individually if you want it. But I just want you to know that no corporation, no graduate school will accept the pass and fail rate. They don't mean anything. Yeah. So you, you better know that. So that's your decision. You didn't take the course if you did took it fast. Yeah, that's right. So that's your decision. So now we are forced on this side of the fall. I would throw those in. They, urban studies, they'd really freak out when I'd say on this side of the fall. On this side of the fall, we were forced to choose, you know. Um, and I'm forced to give grades if I want my job. And I do want my job, even though... I have to be against what I'd like to do, okay? I don't have to give them grades, but I'd rather eat. And um, now here's what we're going to do. <laughs> There's no way in liberal arts I can grade and measure you. There's no way in liberal arts. That's a contradiction to liberal arts, and I won't go into that now, but it's a contradiction. Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. Yeah. Now, what I can do, however, is... And this is what your company really wants to know on you anyhow, is uh, your attendance, your punctuality, so forth. And there are two things that one might help me a lot. I'm going to give you something to read that's provocative every class period to take home. I don't care if it's one sentence or a whole page. I don't want you... I want you only to write what you think about this yeah. provocative thing. You might write it's bullshit, but I'd get tired of reading it every time you're saying it's bullshit. Yeah. But if you take the time to show me, you have to give some indication that you've read it as you say bullshit. You'll get an A if you do it, and a zero if you don't. And if you're here, you get an A. If you're not here, you get a zero. Those are the two factors that will make your grade. There's no reason you can't make an A. Yeah. Read it. Write about it in a way that lets me know you read it. And come here and sit here. And when you read it, uh, I don't want to hear anything other than what you think about this. Don't tell me what the author is trying to say. I know what the author is trying to say. Or you think you know. You yeah. have an opinion about it. I want you, I want to know what you think about what he no, I know. I know. And, and, um, I always had perfect attendance at VU. 
<laughs> people couldn't figure it out. It's such damn good attendance, you know. Hey, well, the thing, the fact of the matter is, you didn't have good attendance because you told them they had to come. Because there's plenty of props that say if you don't come, you get marked down for it. In good attendance because students are interested in, in your kind of class. Well, they didn't want a zero either. Well, I said, if you're not here, I can't. There's no way I can. Uh, I, I, the grades for me only mean quantity. Does not mean thinking. And did you do it? Are you here? It's the only two ingredients I can measure. That's all the employers want to know. That's all they want to know. They, want to, they, want to, they don't want to know if you and think that's well. What they, that's what you're here for, isn't it? How right is to get a job, right? No. Did you do get the job? Get that out of the way. Get that did, out of the way. Did you do the job and did you come to work? Did you come to work and did you do the job? Right. That's right. Now, we'll get that out of the way. The rest of the time we're going to devote to thinking, which will be no great on. But... I will say this, by the end of the semester, now, and then we'll quit. Uh, um, by the end of the semester, oh no, I told you this before too, but I've never forgotten it. This is rather typical in a way, but not this expressive. This kid came up to me, well, I gotta talk to you after class. It's six weeks. Colorado College, rich kid. He had a little, what do you call it, Porsche on her little convertible yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Or he had that credit cards coming out of his ear. Well, he says, I know, I make straight A's in Colorado College. I'm smart. I can get any gal I want. Uh, I know I'm going to get a good job. But you have totally fucked me up. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> he says, I... You haven't helped me decide where I'm going, but I, I, I just want you to know you have really pulled a rug out from under me. So that's probably all I can do. Then <laughs> I consider myself to have done a good job. Yeah. But uh, I had really good respect from the kid by the end of the semester. Though I don't want to go too mad, being mad, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, but I had good respect from the kid, and, and on. On, I'm not tooting my horn here, but on nervy, I'm tooting what this thing is about. But, you know, now they did plays and skits individual collectively for that was the big finale, you know. Anyone that had anything to do with my class didn't do it about their internship or anything else, did it about technology, making fun of it or this or that and stuff like that. It was interesting. <laughs> But it's, it's it's interesting. The other book that I bought yesterday, I bought for Annie, and it's called Lies Your Teacher Told You. And it's it's another one of these Howard Zinn kind of books about you know truth about historical figures yeah. and whatnot. And it's and it's uh, but it seems to me that it's this approach. It's let's not. I mean, don't ignore the fact that George Washington was a slave owner. Mm -hmm. He was a slave owner. A good man. That's right. I mean, but we, we may, and this guy's whole point there is that we whitewash things. We make heroes of people. And we do ourselves... That's the compensation. A, we do ourselves a disservice because by putting them up on a pedestal, cleansing them of all the, the evil or all the humanity, really, 
we make it seem like we couldn't do that when in fact we can do it you know and 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 it's you know he started out with two people he started out with helen keller what do you know about helen keller he looked at 12 history books and of course that is the the worst pablum in the world if you look at a high school history book okay there's no like there he says students are bored it's no wonder <clears throat> there's nothing i mean everything is just sanitized he says who was helen keller the students tell him, you know, well, she was a blind, deaf girl who learned to speak, and she was a, a humanitarian. Do they tell her that she was a radical socialist? That she was friends with the head of the Communist Party? That to, she was a wobbly? That to her dying day, she was, you know, she fought against oppression of people with handicaps and the poor? You know, they, do they tell you that? No, they don't know any of that. That she was a pariah in her own age because she took on these socialist beliefs. And they talked about Woodrow Wilson and how they sanitize him. You know, stuff I never knew about. Mm -hmm. And the whole book is that way. And it just seems to me that... That's good. There's another way, and that's the Mike Royko way. Uh, I don't know how much you followed the news on Carl Rifkin. 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 70,000 people in the world 70,000 people stood and cheered for 22 20, minutes. 22 minutes. And 15 seconds. And, and all, over, all over every paper, all over everything is Carl Ripken. You know, pictures and hero. Should <laughs> you Royko? No. And talking about his favorite bar, and, uh, the barkeeper there. And come hell or high water. Uh, Ripken, I think, went 10 years. I'm not sure. He hasn't missed for 17 years being there, even if he's sick, being at the bar. Royko had No, this bar, bar, yeah. Royko's bar keeper, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then he went on to say how uh, mothers and everything else never missed a day, you yeah. know, for. Uh, That's right. It's not such a big deal. And this guy played three hours of baseball five months of the year for 10 years. He's <laughs> the biggest hero. You know, the president comes to talk about it. That's right. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's really ludicrous. I mean, he could have been injured. So what? You know, he played hard at the time. So what? You know, so I three mean, hours a day. Yeah. That's from coming early. He was lucky that he didn't break a leg. Yeah. You know, that's all. That's all. You know, the, there's guys who come or, to work yeah, in a steel credit, mill. He didn't fake breaking a leg. Either. That's right. Guys who come to work in a steel mill every day, whether they like it or not, for 30 years, they get. A gold-plated watch yeah. when they leave. Yeah. It costs. Well, that was Rocco's whole cow. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But that's that that the truth telling. I mean, I I saw this book in there, and I and Annie's taken American history, and I thought, you know, I hope she reads this. You know, it it may add some life to that class. If uh, well, uh, in terms of terms of what's happening globally in the global system and all that that entails because it touches everything in life everything in life this new system um to tell the truth about that and believe me i know from failure to tell the truth about that uh the key word is something worth talking about and that's incognito it, you can't blare it out Royko can do it on Carl Rick, but yeah. 
he can't put that in a bigger perspective. Okay. No, I, I understand that, and, and part of it is just sneaking in some of the information. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like... Asking a question. Asking a question, you know, you know <laughs> what political party was Helen Keller a member of? You know, Simply I mean, that. something, you know, yeah. something that gets them off of the, you know, something that lends them, you know, I, I understand. Yeah, I understand, exactly. You're right. If you're interested in reading that book, I'd like to read it. You know, I'll go through it pretty fast. No, no, I'm not. No, I'll take, read it. I want to read it. Take yeah. your time. I thought I thought it would interest you. That's yeah. why I got it. But I'm also interested in looking at it. And maybe we can talk about. Uh, it seems to me that's something that might be fruit for. It's a good point. Good point. Going, but good point. We read a book together a few a number of years ago. You remember that? Mm -mm. Huh? Mm -mm. We had a little discussion. What was it? It was about work. 